Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, May 23, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? There's a lot on the docket. We're going to take a look at the market from a number of different angles. We're going to look at it from a longer-term perspective. We're going to look at it from a short-term perspective. We're going to understand what the trend is from a long, intermediate, and short-term perspective. What should we expect in the short term? Meaning, what do we expect for the remainder of this week and into next week? We'll take a look around the horn. We'll do our normal garden variety analysis. We'll circle around to stocks on the move. And we'll take a look at the intraday commentary, all sponsored by Inside the Numbers. Let's reel back the tape a little bit to late last week. So the market made a new low, but on Friday had a reversal. Let's discuss why that's important. So here we are on the hourly chart on Friday. So the market puts in this bearish pattern, which really began on Thursday. It resulted in a move lower, but the reversal on Friday was interesting They closed the week, they closed the day relatively good as compared to where they could have been by making a new low. Now, here's why that's important. Because you didn't get a kill them into the close on Friday, who's going to hold them into the weekend, all that stuff. Instead, you got bullish behavior, which was something from the risk on category rather than the throw them out with the bathwater going into the weekend. There could be a crash on Monday. So that's not what they had going into the weekend. That at least was a positive sign, but they had to hold it. If they crapped out on Monday morning, this morning, then all bets are off, but they didn't do that. We had what's called follow through. So now based on that information, where does it bring us to now? Well, Instead of a bearish pattern like we just discussed from Thursday and Friday of last week, right, move lower, here, instead of that, we have the opposite effect. Now, they gap up a little bit, they never fill the gap, that's somewhat bullish, they'll be back later, but they came close, and the bulls ended up bringing the market higher, they ran sideways for basically all day long, eating time off the clock in a bullish formation. So just the same as Thursday and Friday of last week, resulted in a move down, this is the beginning of a bullish flaggish pattern that will result in a move higher. Okay, fair enough. Now, obviously, we're on the shorter-term stuff. What are we expecting this week over the next few days? Well, let's talk about both sides of that. Remember, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. So, therefore, we're going to say, leading into Tuesday, and remember, it could be a turnaround Tuesday. A turnaround Tuesday would mean the market goes back down. Below 394, put this on a sticky note, below 394, the door begins to open. It begins to open to go fill the gap that's all the way down around 398.50. Here's your ballpark of the gap right around 398.50. They missed it today. They came up short and they rallied away. We talk about that all the time. That certainly is bullish from an intraday perspective, and you'll see that reflected in the notes from inside the numbers. I was a willing buyer even in front of the gap this morning. They never got to my number, but that doesn't mean there wasn't a trade 
to ride the market up to where? An important spot. We'll get to that in a few moments. Let's say they're around an important spot on close today. And again, we'll circle back to that and I'll show you why later. But as long as they get above where they were trying to get through today, this whole area where they basically just ate time off the clock, busting above here opens the door for what? It opens the door for the magnetic big fat round number of 400, likely a spike above it. At least in my book, they should get to a minimum required number of 400.50. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. Doesn't have to be the end of a run. It's just the next magnetic place. Again, sticky notes activated. Now, let's just say for argument's sake, because we're projecting here, I don't know what the market's going to do tomorrow, so let's arm you with the information the night before. So what happens if they start pushing above 400? They start closing candles above, yada, yada, yada. Well, you can see here on the daily chart, we have a tremendous breakdown candle from last week on the 18th. The high is 403.80. We'll call it 404 for argument's sake. Somewhere just short of 404, around 404, in that neighborhood is another magnetic place. But the market would have to get above and begin closing candles above from an intraday perspective above 400 in order to open the door for 403.80, 403.50, 404.00, maybe even higher. Because if they get higher, there's another gap above. They're going to want to fill that gap at some point. It's right around the 20-period moving average. That's a magnetic thing. The gap and the 20-period moving average which will slope down each day a little bit, but those are magnetic things. They draw price in. Okay, gave you the bull case, and we also discussed what to watch out for. Below 394, opens the door for the gap down at 389.50, and if we're below that, we're going to handle it in a real-time type of formation for the intraday traders from inside the numbers. There's nothing wrong with a relief rally. There's nothing wrong with a dead cat bounce, but let's understand what we've got in front of us. So just starting from here, for argument's sake, you have a high, you have a lower high and a failure. You have an attempt at a rally and a failure, so another lower high. You have another lower high. So the question is, are they going to put in another lower high and do it all over again, or are they going to break the chain and get up here somewhere, which opens the door for other stuff? So this is going to be a really, really important spot. And the spot really is, can they get up to run a test of the breakdown candle high? And if they can, can they fill the gap? And if they can, can they actually break the chain? We'll see, but that's what's in front of us on the chart. What about inside the numbers? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to run through the commentary. We're going to point out a couple of important things. If you're active during the trading day in the S&P or other things from a bullish or bearish standpoint, this is a pretty good tour guide type informational scenario each and every day during the trading day. We had a happy Monday. We had some green on the screen. Late day recovery on Friday. We talked about that good close and overnight follow-through. So the bulls were out in force. That's the early read. Could it have failed? Of course, we've seen that many times. But they didn't fail. 
you still read it the way it is, and you're aware of the potential failure, and more importantly, you're aware of where they fail. 393.25 is our early pivot. This was right at zero dark 30. Let's begin to get our faculties, five-minute chart, SPY. Right of the vertical is today's activity. 393.25 is the pivot. Above, on candle closes, keeps the bull in business for higher prices. Where's the next big-time magnetic spot? 397. Zero dark 30. Above that, and there's a vortex up to the big fat round number of 400. They didn't do that today. They may do it tomorrow. They may wait till Wednesday. We don't know, but they should do it under normal garden variety market conditions. Dropping below the early pivot puts the tape in position to run a test of 391, which will be showtime for the Bulls and an important spot to play goal line defense. So what do we have? 393 and a quarter, 397, 400, which we don't need, and 391. All those on the board, zero dark 30. Let's see how it's shaped up. Again, let's get our faculties. 391 is the lower line. The low of day happens to be 390.38. 393 and a quarter was our pivot. And if above the pivot, the door is open for what? 397. Look at the high in this candle here. 397. The high in the next candle. 397.02. And then they just went sideways for a while. They were rejected a little bit. They came back to run a test in the afternoon. And as I make this video, they're trading above 397. Now, we don't know this, but don't be surprised to see him push up during the night. The thieves in the night may go and get the big fat round number, ES4000, SPY400, all that stuff. We've seen that many, many times before. Then you get a gap up in the morning, and then from there, we'll take it one step at a time on Tuesday. You saw... The early schematic at zero dark 30. Let's see what happened as the day really gets underway. We'll let him go for a while. 393 and a quarter is the pivot. For now, the range was 391 on the south side, 393 and a quarter on the north side. Above one opens the door for 397. Below the other opens the door to fill the gap at 398.50. That's your 936 post. At present, I would be interested in a scalp trade to the long side around 390 down to 389.50, give or take. So I'm willing to buy in front of the gap, but closer to 390, they got close. I didn't get in the trade. I was waiting for 390, and once they're down there, you figure they're going to come close to the gap or fill the gap, but I was willing to be a participant in front of the gap. We've seen that many, many times where they come up short and they trade away. Today was one of those days the writing was on the wall. Should get a reaction back in the other direction if reached sooner than later. 390.38 was low of day. Pretty darn close. Not too bad. So by 9.42, it's a bull type of move. They come up short of the support area from the early range, shoot back up in the other direction. Same deal. The pivot. It's important. The reason I keep bringing up pivots all the time is because that determines whether the bulls are in charge to the next number up north or the bears are in charge to drop them to the next number down south to run further tests. We're moving along, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. Staying above 393 is bullish, 
Getting below and closing candles below is not. It opens the door down to the gap or close to it. 10 o'clock, same result, same deal, same routine. They'll either bounce right in front of or just under the gap. Sometimes they spike it. Other times they come up short on the first run. But they, generally speaking, under normal garden variety conditions, are going to give you the trade at minimum. We're moving along. Pause the video. Read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. At this point, 10.15, they're likely to run another test of 393 and a quarter, which will become showtime again for the bulls and bears. Either a morning high somewhere above or the beginning of another leg higher up to 397. Well, we know what happened. They went up to 397 eventually. That was an important spot. In fact, you'll see here in the notes, if you pause the video and read the notes, 397 is the prize. You'll see it over and over and over again. Staying above opens the door for 397. There's a way station in between, but 397 was the prize. They got quiet. They went into a chop shop formation, eating time off the clock, running sideways most of the day. They traded in a very narrow range. The important thing is where they were going to be drawn up to to run a test if above the pivot, 397, that's it. They're both, meaning 395.75 and then 397, they're both magnetic and targets. That happened, they did the thing, they did everything that they were supposed to do based on the schematic that was laid out at zero dark 30. Read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart to double check the work. This is your bona fide tour guide information. We had a handful of stocks on the move opportunities this morning. Only one hit its entry objective. The other three did not. GLW, meaning Corning, is off the board. Avago's off the board. HPQ was off the board. But Autodesk was not. It came in. It did the deal. We'll take a look at the chart. ADSK getting a haircut at the opening bell. Three numbers on the board. 181.82 was the first. And then the second was really a zone. They're pretty close together, but they're both important numbers, at least in my book. They went down to run a test of the stop. Now, this happens, doesn't happen all the time, but it happens a bit. And so what happens is when they run a test of the stop, the stop happens to be inclusive of another important price, obviously, because if they're below the stop, I don't want it anymore, meaning below the stop on an hourly close. So they ran down, and you have to check this out. Here's a five-minute chart. So check out the 10.30 candle. So the last five minutes of the hour, they have to close above. Our stop was 175.40. So in this candle, the low is 173.90, but they rallied up to close this candle and the hour at specifically 175.54. So what that tells me is the stop, A, was very important, B, they ran a test, and C, it's no accident or coincidence, they ran up to close above the stop on the hour. Now, that concept doesn't necessarily work in the bullish formation all the time, but today, it did, the writing was on the wall, as long as you didn't get a, an opposing opinion from the market, meaning if the market was going to crap out, it would drag down all the stocks anyway. However, if you got even a sideways market out of the S&P and others, you ran a test of the stop, 
Autodesk had a pretty good opportunity to get going and give you the deal, and they did the deal, and you can see what happened. They got as high as, over here, 184.88, so we'll just call it 185 for argument's sake, off of an average cost on the trade for traders, and this was from the room, Jordan took this, live members had this in the room, other members from inside the numbers had this, your average cost was below 179 or in that camp. It was a decent trade. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. If you held on and just painted by the numbers and followed the rules, this one was far more and better than a base hit. What's going on over in Camp IWM? We talked about this one last week, and the same thing holds true. Look what they did on Friday. They ran down to fill a gap, they bounced off of it, and we still have what we discussed last week, which is our potential. A leg up from the lows, a B leg in a pullback formation, and in the midst right now, potentially of a C leg that will complete above the high of the A leg, 185 or higher, and then 190 neighborhood. Net-net, no change in the IWM. It was and still remains in a different position than the S&P 500, and I'll remind you, it is my favorite market-leading indicator for a reason. There's very important stuff going on on the IWM chart. Very important stuff. Those of you that have taken the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, those of you that have paid attention to these videos will be able to identify exactly what important stuff is going on in the IWM. What about the folks down at the transportation department? What's going on here? Well, aside from today's DCB or dead cat bounce, we got to take a look at the long view because this is my favorite canary in the coal mine, second favorite market leading indicator, only next to the IWM people. This is the weekly chart. We're going to use the simple deal. The 100 period moving average is a line in the sand right now. As long as they close below, week after week after week, below the 100 period moving average, the door remains open for 12,800, give or take. We'll talk about it in more detail if they start lower. Then also into that 200 period moving average down at 12,000. However, they can run a rescue operation. Look at the daily chart. Look at this tremendous big time breakdown candle. Now, I'm not saying... They're going to get all the way up to the top of it and keep going. It doesn't matter if they do or they don't right now. What does matter right now is they're starting to climb up the big breakdown candle. That's normal garden variety behavior. Doesn't mean they get to the top, but they should at least climb up. Well, what's above us as they climb up? couple of things. There's a fat round number of 14,000. There's a former pivot low just under 14,000. That type of thing is magnetic. The big fat round number and the former pivot low is magnetic because they're going to want to run a test from the other side. If this was an important number, hear me out on this. Let's just say for argument's sake, that's an important number, which is why the market stopped on a dime and turned around. So that number's important. It's just below 14,000. So if it's important and it's still important, doesn't it make sense that the market would want to run up to run a test of it from the underneath portion, meaning if it's important and price is above, it's support. If they're below, 
meaning price is below and they're riding up to run a test, then it's resistance. So right now, that area is, in fact, overhead resistance. So if they can get above that pivot low, and again, the number specifically is 13,968.86. Okay, fair enough. They start getting above there on an hourly basis and then close daily above that price. It opens the door for other stuff, all in the midst of and in the spirit of climbing the big breakdown candle, which we know markets like to do. They do do that. It's just the thing they do. What about the Q people, the folks out in Silicon Valley, Annexton, Austin, Texas? They made a new low like the S&P did on Friday, and they have the follow-through today. Again, it's all the same market, so the same concepts hold true for the Qs. The numbers for the Qs are found now inside the numbers from an intraday perspective, but you'll note that those numbers are, in fact, the important numbers. So here we have a big breakdown candle. What are they going to do? Same routine. They're going to try and climb up to the high of it, and if they can get above, they'll fill the gap. you got the same 20-period moving average. It's the same routine we discussed in the SPY. That stuff up there around 305, give or take, is rather magnetic. It will normally draw price in, barring some kind of failure. XLF, financials had a pretty darn good day today, up almost 3.5%. So they're already into the 20-period moving average. Now the question is, and they certainly can lead the market, meaning the financial sector is a big sector. So if the financial sector is rising, it is going to pull the market up to an extent. You get some other participation from some other sectors, and then you have what's called, in layman's terms, and this is a technical term, a broad-based rally. 35 is the number in the XLF. You might want to write that down on a sticky note. It's magnetic, it's overhead resistance, and it should draw price in. Below 33, and they're going to start to and continue to fail like they have before. What about Smash Mouth? Similar situation to Smash Mouth, which is different than the Qs, different chart than the Qs, but Smash Mouth is a pretty good leading indication across the tech sector and this chart looks awfully similar to the IWM. They ran down, big tail candle, filled a gap. They have an ABC type of pullback deal going. You have A, B, and you didn't make a new low. So you still have this intact. will complete above the high of the A leg. You have a 50-period moving average. You got stuff going on. So a couple of markets could be leading indicators of some more bullish behavior. Keep in mind. This is a bounce in a downtrend either way. It's a relief rally. It's a dead cap bounce, but they can go on for a while. Could go on a few days, could go on a couple to a few weeks. Keep this in mind. We have one of those three-day weekends coming up. Monday, the market will be closed. That's a week from today for Memorial Day here in the U.S. We'll probably have some garden variety pullbacks through the week. However, Markets like to float up into those three-day holiday weekends. Now, that happens way more often in a bull market than it does in a bearish kind of tape, but it's awareness type of information. Put it on a sticky note. We'll discuss it again as the week grows on. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost. 
my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.